Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just pray. Heavenly Father, I realize that the most important thing in this life is to live a life that is worthy of you, a life without regrets, a life that we will be proud of so that when that day comes where we have to lay our heads down on the pillow and say, it is finished, that Lord, that we will not do it with regrets and that we will do it with peace in our hearts, knowing that you have taken care of us in life and therefore you will take care of us in death. Bless us now as we open your word is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read for you from the book of Psalms, chapter 23, verse 4, for our verse, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The title for my talk this morning is Preparing to Die. So there's a saying that says, All men think that all men are mortal except for themselves. This is a saying by Edward Young. And usually this comes unexpected. Death comes knocking on our door unexpectedly. Death usually commences and comes to us too early, almost before we are half acquainted with life. And then we come to the realization that if we have to face death, that death is not really the opposite of life, but it's actually part of life, says Haruki Marokami. In other words, when death comes knocking at our door, we will realize that it is a part of life and that we have to face the emotional conflicts, questions and uncertainties and fears are surrounding death. And I believe that if we come to death's door, and most of us will come there, that Psalms 23 verse 4 is a verse that will give us hope, a verse that will truly inspire us and help us to face death successfully. And I'd like to go through Psalms 23 verse 4 with you this morning. And I'm going to break it up into little pieces. The first part is where David says, Yea, though I walk. And yesterday I mentioned the difference between walking and running through this valley of the shadow of death. You see, David didn't quicken his pace when he was faced with the shadow of death. But he calmly walks with God. And to walk really indicated that he knew the road that he was on. And he also knew how it would end. And he knew that he was walking through it. And he feels quite safe. And therefore he perfectly and calmly composes himself. He does not run, though he were alarmed. He does not freeze up as he faces the valley of the shadow of death. No, he keeps his old pace. The way that he was walking through the green valleys is the same way that he walks through the valley of the shadow of death. And I believe that this is good advice for us if we were to come to death's door. Advice that as we were to live life normally, when we face death, that we should try and live life as normally as possible, even when we are facing death. The next part, David says, yea, though I walk through the valley. And this is important. Notice that David is not walking in the valley, as we said yesterday, but he's walking through the valley. And you too, when you face death, will walk through the dark tunnel of death and emerge into the light of immortality at the second coming of Jesus Christ. You see, you will but sleep to wake unto glory. This is what death is. Death is not the house where we arrive at, but it is the porch, not the goal, but it is the passage that we have to just move through in order to reach eternity and eternal life. And yes, death is a valley, as he says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It is a low place. And when you think of valleys, there are enemies that tend to attack a person when you are in a valley. And they tend to take the higher ground, the vantage point, place themselves on the higher position. And 
And when facing death, you will find yourself in a valley, in a low place of life, feeling at a disadvantage. But be of good cheer. This will be the very last attack in your life that you will have to endure. You see, this is your final battle. Death is the last battle that you have to overcome. And death may be on the higher ground right now. And you might be in a valley. But soon the Bible says that you will have the upper hand. And death will be no more. For 1 Corinthians 15 verse 26 says that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The verse speaks of the shadow of death. It is not the valley of death, but the valley of the shadow of death. For the second death has been removed, and it is only its shadow that remains, the first death that can only harm the bad body. You see, nobody is afraid of a shadow. (laughs) A shadow cannot stop a man in its path, just maybe for a moment even. A shadow of a dog cannot bite you. The shadow of a sword cannot kill you. And the shadow of death can also not harm you. You see... Because where there is a shadow, as we said yesterday, there is always a light. And when the shadow of death approaches, know that the light of the world has not forsaken you. That Jesus Christ is still there with you, holding your hand as you face this last battle. As you pass through this valley, as you go through this this porch, this doorway that you have to go through in order to reach the prize that lays ahead. David says in Psalms 23 that I will fear no evil. Martin Day writes and he says that there is a saying that goes that they pluck a lion by its beard. Now, what is the meaning of this saying? You see, when a lion is dead, even little children can pluck a lion's beard. This is a very easy task for them once he's dead. And young boys, when they see a bear, a lion or a dead wolf in the street, they will pull at its hair and tease it and insult the beast and deal with it as they please. They will trample upon the beast's body because you see if the lion or the bear or the wolf is dead, then it's easy. And something that they would not dare do is they would not dare do these things if it was still alive. And death is like that. It's a ferocious beast, a ramping lion, a devouring beast of a wolf. It is the eater up of mankind, but yet Christ has already killed it, has already destroyed death. We have seen the death of death on the cross so that God's children can now freely trample upon death, play at it, jolt at it, tease it if we were, and even take a souvenir along to remind us of the death and the defeat and that it has no power, like with the lion, maybe a tooth or a tassel of hair. For us as Christians, the cross is a reminder of death's death. It is our souvenir to remind us that death holds no power. And we see this coming true in the lives of the Christian martyrs in the dark ages, when they face death in various ways, but they face death cheerfully, offering themselves up to the fire and to the sword and to violence of hungry beasts eating them in arenas. They stood proudly singing songs of praise upon the carcass of death, laughing and cheerfully walking through the valley. How did they do this? They did this by faith. They did this. They did not fear evil because they had plucked the lion's beard, because they held on to the cross, because they held on to what the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus did for them and that he destroyed death on the cross. Samuel Livington says, if ever you had to witness the bodies of thousands of people lying dead by your side, or even fatal arrows piercing the hearts of your friends or family members, or even if you were struck by disease and seizures and every symptom that appears to point to your impending doom, you do not need to fear evil.
However, he says, you may experience the fear of the agonies of death. In other words, you might be scared of what it entails to die, you know, the pain, the, the suffering, the, the, the illness, the deterioration of your body. And if that is where you are at, I would like to share the saying with you that says, life should not just be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to arrive at death's door fiercely in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. So, have you lived life holy? You see, we need to live life in, in a holy, meaningful way. Because so that when you end up at death's door, that you can say you have been used up, but not used up by sin and waywardness or the things of this world and the pleasures of this world. Because in that is no peace, but used up while living a life for the glory of God. If then we can fear no evil. Then we can say like 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55, death, where is your sting? In other words, death will hold no more pain. Death will hold no, no sting anymore if we can live life in this way. You see, on the cross when Jesus died and killed the death, the venom of death's sting was taken away. The point of his arrow was blunted so that it can only pierce skin deep. It can go no deeper than the body. Death can only take the body, but it cannot take your salvation. It cannot take your eternal life. It cannot remove your relationship with the Lord. Death can only reach so far. It cannot penetrate your soul or remove your eternal life. So now you can proudly stay if you are going to face death. You can stand and say and mock and smile at the shadow of death as it takes its spear and it tries to ravage you you can look unmoved as it ravages and it, it tries to destroy you um tries to you know um annihilate your body temple you know death can maybe you know take away your health it can maybe make you feel horrible in your body but it can do no more its reach is only skin deep the fear of death usually follows the fear of life. In other words, if we haven't lived life, that is why we end up fearing death. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any moment, says Mark Twain. George Bernard Shaw says, I want to be all used up when I die. Leonardo da Vinci said, As a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-used brings happy death. There can no longer be danger, be any danger for the Christian while passing through the shadow of the valley of death. Y there can't be any danger. Whatever may happen, all will be all right. All is well because God is love and all is well, everlastingly well, says John Stevenson. And the reason why it's everlastingly well for the Christian is because they have lived a life well spent and because their salvation is sure. The reason you can cheerfully look into the face of death is because you have God as your friend. And those whose salvation are sure, who knows that the Lord is their friend, they can think of the day of judgment with great delight and comfort. So the Bible tells us in Psalms 23 that one of the reasons why he also did not fear is because he says, for thou art with me. You see, when you face death, Christ whispers in the ear, I am with you. When facing the shadow of death, remember how God's loving arms has supported you through so many difficulties of your past life. Difficulties that at the time made you tremble and wonder if you could make it. And how he has carried you through so many depths, over so many mountains. 
You can now, while facing death, also lean on him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Death will hold no darkness over you when the light of life is in your heart. When the light of life is with you, there can be no darkness. It can only be shadows. The first shadowy death that we all have to face. The Bible tells us that um, Paul writes and he says, I'm convinced that neither life nor death can separate us from the love of Christ. And if you have the Lord with you, for thou art with me, as David did, you can face death cheerfully, knowing that it holds no power over you. The last part that David says is, he says, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In other words, he's saying that there's something special about the image of the rod and the staff that gives him comfort when he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. And for the sheep, the rod and the staff that the shepherd used was a sign of care and protection. During the sheep's life, it would have passed under the shepherd's rod many times. The shepherd counts them by using the rod one by one. He takes notice with, of them but while using the rod. The rod was often used on the sheep to quicken their pace, to get them going when they were going a bit slow in life, and to keep them from wandering off and going into danger. And when danger came, the rod was used to defend them. It was used to lead them to green pastures where they would find food and water in abundance. In other words, this rod was truly a symbol for the sheep of care of care and protection and for us when we know Jesus the master shepherd still has his rod on us when we think of how his rod has protected us through life even while facing death he says I will not let go of you I will still have my my eye on you I am still counting you I am still looking out for you I'm still defending you I will still give you what you need in other words the the rod is a symbol of peace, of, of tranquility, knowing that the Lord has taken care of you in the past and he will take care of you now. And the shepherd will not let any of his sheep be taken from him. John 10 verse 28 says, um, it says, I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. As the true, true shepherd guards his sheep from harm, the Lord says that you too are protected from harm. He has given you eternal life and nobody can take that from you. But notice that in Psalm 23 verse 3, David contemplates this valley of the shadow of death, this, this impending death that he may face. He contemplates it while he is amongst the green valleys and besides still water. We can learn a lesson from this. It is far better for us to prepare for the tempest when it is fair weather than in the storm. We need to prepare for death. We need to, to, to be ready for it, you know, not to when death comes knocking on the door now to want to sort of do something in order for us to prepare for it. So, but despite the fact that we might prepare, we need to realize that no matter how prepared you might be, death may never happen the way that you imagine. There's a saying that goes, I wanted a perfect ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems do not rhyme and some stories do not have a clear beginning, middle or end. Life is about not knowing, having to change, taking the moment and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next, says Gilda Radar. In other words, we can 
live our lives in such a way that we can be sort of like not fearful of death. Like David says, I will fear no evil, um, even if I have to face death. But we need to realize that despite the fact that we're prepared for it, that we can really truly never be prepared for it. But the beautiful thing about Psalms 23 is, is that it doesn't end with the valley of the shadow of death. You see, David goes past and through the valley of the shadow of death and he speaks about a time when his cup runs over. He talks about the Lord preparing a table before him. And I, I think that, you know, we can use this as a sort of symbol of what happens after the resurrection, after the second coming, when the Lord says that, that he has prepared something for us. He says, your cup will run over. And this is truly what is prepared for us when we have passed through the first death. And when we are in eternity, when we have received that eternal life that God promises his children. First Corinthians 2 verse 9 says that the things that God has prepared for us is truly our cup that is going to run over. It says what no one has ever saw or heard and what no one has ever thought could happen is the very thing that God has prepared for those who love him. He says he, he prepares a table before me. And this reminded me of, of the beautiful promise in Revelation 19 verse 9 that speaks of when God has prepared a banquet table for us in heaven where we will all eat together after you know death has been conquered and after we have successfully moved through life. It says, and the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I look forward to the day when, when our cups will overrun and when we will sit at the table knowing that that is the goal to be with our Lord again. Remember after your death, you will be for a while what you were before you were born. You will be non-existent. But until that glorious day, we need to remember that there will be a glorious day. It says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52 to 55, For when the trump will sound, the dead will be raised, never again to die, and we will be changed. For this mortal will take on immortality, and what must die will be changed into what cannot die. So when this takes place, the mortal has become changed into the immortal. And so that the scriptures will come true that will say, death is destroyed, the victory is complete. Where death is your victory, where death is your power to hurt us anymore. And this is my prayer for you, that as we might in our lives, whether it is now or whether it is later, we do not know the day of, of the day when we will put our heads to rest, that we will live in this way, that we will live to know what death is, that we will not fear it, that we will know it is something that we just have to pass through. It is just a, just a shadow that holds no power and that the cross is the symbol that it has already been defeated. It is dead and we can laugh at it. We can face it with clearness. We can know our salvation. We can know in whom we believe we can live life with no regrets knowing that God's rod and its staff will comfort us because he has taken care of us in the past and he will take care of us for the future our immortality has been paid for through Jesus Christ remember says Tom Stoppard that every exit is an entry somewhere else. And as we plan to exit this world in death and reunite with Christ at the second coming when he raises us from death, may we remember that it is not the end, but it is simply a valley that we are passing through. May God bless you.
the Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at eight AM. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.